A quick note, this episode contains adult content that may be disturbing to some people. Listener discretion is advised, and please take care. Hi, and thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm your host, Nicole. You're listening to the first season of Perfectionist. Selena Sardothian won a brutal contest to become the king's champion, but she is far from loyal to the crown. Though she goes to great lengths to hide her secret, her deadly charade becomes more difficult when she realizes she is not the only one seeking justice. Her search for answers ensnares those closest to her, and no one is safe from suspicion. Not the crown prince, Dorian, not Kale, the captain of the guard, not even her best friend, Nehemia, a princess with a rebel heart. Then, one terrible night, the secrets they all have been keeping lead to an unspeakable tragedy. As Selena's world shatters, she will be forced to decide once and for all where her true loyalties lie and what she is willing to fight for. Warning, please be advised that this episode contains spoilers for Crown of Midnight. Listener discretion is advised. If you are interested in a non-spoilers discussion about Crown of Midnight, feel free to check out our last week's episode where we discuss the major themes of the book, mystery, romance, and friendship. We know that Kale knows the king is evil. Mm -hmm. And... I know for myself, I had a hard time coming to terms with that because if he knows he's evil, how can he serve an evil king in my mind? How do you reconcile that he noticed or he knowingly serves an evil king? I feel like Kale's character is a very complicated character and I don't know if Sarah was trying to do this with his character, but I feel like he represents a lot of people. The type of people who grow up being taught something mm -hmm. and believing that thing to be true and yeah. then as you get older realizing that the world is much bigger than the small space you grew up in yeah absolutely and that there's a lot more that's happening that you have been kind of blinded to or like you put on blinders to those things yeah and until they come in your periphery you just don't even out of sight, out of, out of mind. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if she was trying to create that character from the beginning, but I think he represents that individual as uh, someone who, as they get older, starts to realize, wow, perhaps the things that I were taught or have been taught growing mm -hmm. up are incredibly problematic mm -hmm. and I need to assess how I perceive the world and what I believe about the world. But I think that for anyone who has gone through that, you would know it's incredibly difficult to realize that people who have raised you are not always right. Yeah. And have perhaps taught you things that are, in fact, incredibly wrong. Yeah, absolutely. So I think for me, I have to just remember that I don't want to be like, oh, it was a different time. He grew up in a different, you know, Making like excuses. <laughs> I don't want to make excuses for him. Yeah. But I think he is going to have to come to terms with the fact that perhaps his beliefs do not match the beliefs of the people who raised him. Yeah. And who he's surrounded by. So I think that I can 
understand where he was coming from and hope that he takes what he is now learning and grows for himself with that knowledge. So I have hope for Kale, but I know a lot of people seem to dislike him. There yeah. seems to be a lot of hate for Kale. Yeah. Um, and perhaps I don't, I haven't read why that is yet. Maybe he does something in the future that I'm like, oh, okay, I yeah. see why people feel the way they feel. But I think if it's only because of this aspect of him, I have hope that he is going to go through some sort of a growth mm -hmm. within himself where he uh, sort of rejects the things he's been taught and comes to sort of just learn for himself about the world and develop his own values and beliefs, yeah. hopefully. Very nice. <laughs> I never thought of it that way, so I really like that perspective. Thank you. I think that's wise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's something I was struggling with when I was thinking like because he kind of is up there on a high horse a little bit and mm -hmm. I'm like mm, you don't uh-uh <laughs> like yeah. come on sir <laughs> he's got a little bit of the um privileged white male complex yeah. going yeah. on for sure and I feel like that's probably intentional mm -hmm. um and I'm hoping we see some growth with that mm -hmm. but Maybe there's a, a very good reason. Yeah. Like, there's a team of people who are anti-Kale. Yeah. So. A lot of people don't like him. So it will be interesting to find out if there are more reasons as to why. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I'm waiting to finish the entire series before. But then I want to kind of delve into like, what are people's thoughts on him? Yeah. And like, why do they feel the way I they agree. feel? I agree. I think that would be really good. Mm -hmm. The beginning of Crown of Midnight, we see Selena having to fulfill her contract obligations. So the king kind of gives her a name and says, I want you to assassinate this person. She goes, she assassinates them and brings back evidence to the king. He gives her another name, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's her job. We find out quite early on, in fact, she is not fulfilling her contract, mm -hmm. but she's a clever girl and she is making it seem as though she is. So she needs to protect the people who the king has threatened. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, she's not about killing innocent people. Yes, she's an assassin. She's killed a lot of people. But we've mentioned this before. She's an assassin with a code. Mm -hmm. And the king doesn't give a flying anything about her code. Mm -hmm. So he's asking her to assassinate people who, in her opinion, it doesn't make sense. It's just the king doesn't like them because they're against the king. And she also, I think, is against the king. I think that's pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. um, and so she is devising plans to, I guess, like sneak them away, mm -hmm. like send them off to a different continent. Mm -hmm. um, and then finding some person who's recently passed away and disfiguring them to the point where she can pass them off. Yeah. And, and present their head or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Jewels. I think she often like will mm -hmm. take the signet rings. Yeah. Is that what they're called? Yeah. We had this discussion last time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it turned out it was signet rings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like family crest stuff and mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And so she's being sneaky. Mm -hmm. She's getting around the contract while still keeping the people she needs to save. Yeah. But I mean, that could potentially have lots of consequences for her. Mm -hmm. It could, but that's sort of, we saw that in Assassin's Blade, right? She mm -hmm. had, she was okay with killing people who were bad. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but she was not okay with 
something morally dubious or just outright wrong, like mm-hmm. slave trading. So if she's, you know, if these people are possibly trying to rebel against an evil king, she's going to see that as the right thing to do. Yeah. So she's not going to kill those people. But they do lose everything in order to keep their lives. They have to yeah. fake their deaths. So. Well, yeah, and they're probably very wealthy people who yeah. now it's like you have to go start your life anew. Yeah. And you can't just take anything with you or that'll look suspicious. So yeah. Certainly is very disruptive, but at least they're not dead. Yeah, exactly. So that's a positive. But, you know, when she freed the slaves in Assassin's Blade, mm-hmm. that was a very big risk to her as well. And so we know that she doesn't mind taking risks to do what's right. Yeah. No, so. Doing what's right is definitely more important to her. Yeah. Which is respectable, I mm-hmm. think. Sex is introduced into the this, this story. But she did decide to have relations <laughs> with Kale. So what I thought was super interesting about when they got to, finally got together was that how her perspective completely shifted. And it was kind of, in my mind, a little bit humorous in a way because it was like, she had this desire that needed to be kind of like a fire that needed to be put out. And once it was put out, she could just see the world much more clearly. Yeah. <laughs> and that made me kind of, I found that funny, but. Yeah. I, I find it interesting that I completely don't, like, I obviously remember that they had sex, but I completely forgot about, like, what that experience was like for the characters. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it happened. I don't remember what they thought of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like, she woke up and a veil had been lifted from her eyes and she could mm. think a lot more clearly, yeah. <laughs> which I just thought was quite funny. It seems like a maybe teenage-ish way to, not that teenagers should be engaging in this kind of act, but like <laughs> it seems like a slightly younger person's perspective yeah. on that situation. Yeah. yeah. So I just thought, well, she's got all this like energy that needs to be dealt with and they dealt with it. Now she can think more clearly. Oh, yeah. I yeah. That. That's the kind of like the most like, least vulgar way I can put it yeah (laughs) Yeah. um but yeah so she actually ends up falling they well and Kale too Mm -hmm. they fall in love with each other yeah uh which is I thought a little bit tricky because her and Dorian had been involved so Mm -hmm. out of respect for Dorian they decide to keep the relationship a secret yeah I I feel like they did a fairly like that's a tricky situation to be in they all have to live and work together um, but they fall in love, and sometimes you can't help who you fall in love with. Mm-hmm. We kind of saw foreshadowing of this anyways mm-hmm. in the previous book when, you know, Kale was falling to his knees outside that circle when he, she was being um, walloped, Yeah, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, there was almost like this leading up to them being together, almost as if they couldn't help it. Mm-hmm. There seemed to be a sense that they were being drawn together, mm-hmm. which kind of brings um, into the question the whole fated mate situation. Yeah, yeah. there's a quote um, on page 211, his soul was bound to hers. And when I read that, I thought, holy, okay, are these guys supposed to be together? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, cause, and I remember asking you about Faded Mates after reading that because it was my first introduction. I know there's Faded Mates in this series. Mm-hmm. I know that's part of this series, mm-hmm. and but I didn't know much about Faded Mates. Like mm-hmm. The term Faded Mates, it sounds like they are destined to be together. Yeah. Nothing can stop it. 
And the quotes that you read in this book about this relationship, it seems to click. It seems yeah. to fit. Like they talk about like finding home with mm -hmm. each other, about being bound together. Mm -hmm. Like it just seems like these two people have found each other mm -hmm. because they were supposed to find each other. It does seem like fate. So with Fated Mates, there's different, uh, they're done differently depending on who writes about it or what story it is. Um, so yes, they're, they're destined to be together. But in a lot of the books, um, the individuals can reject the bond. Oh. In some uh, stories, they reject the bond and it, it uh, causes some major physical and emotion, like physical and emotional trauma to the rejected person. Oh. Yeah. It sounds heartbreaking. I mean, I guess that's literally the point. <laughs> yes. You're right. Because um, a lot of them talk about, you know, like, uh, imagine like a string between the two and then the rejections, like <gasps> cutting that. It's like yeah. losing a part of yourself. Mm -hmm. So um, there's also ones where like you can verbally reject them mm -hmm. and like of course it hurts but you will never not be faded mates. Yeah. Um, with the ones I was just talking about previously, when you cut that string, that's it. And it's some in some stories, uh, the other character doesn't survive it. <gasps> Oh my gosh, that's so tragic. It's really intense, yeah. right? Does um, the other person go on to find other love? Or it's like you rejected your one chance at love? No, you can fall in. So what's cool about the fated mates trope is you can fall in love with anyone. But they might not be your fated mate. Oh, okay. So there can be some really intense situations if you're in this relationship with someone, but then you meet your fated mate. Mm -hmm. Because you can't help that. Yeah. You're fated. There's something more divine happening. Yeah. That's how and quite often it's like um, a goddess or something is like, or at least they believe a goddess is assigning two souls yeah. together kind of thing. And that sort of idea. Mm -hmm. um, but it depends on what lore you're reading and stuff. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in this series because mm -hmm. it's always done differently by each author. Um, but yeah, going back to what I was saying, sometimes you can reject it, but the bond is still there. And even though you always, you're still in love with your partner who isn't your fated mate, mm -hmm. you'll always feel drawn to your actual fated mate, which could also be really dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I enjoy reading that trope because it's just very dramatic. <laughs> it sounds like a very interesting trope. Mm -hmm. yeah, I can definitely see why it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge thing. So we're introduced to a really funny little character <laughs> in this series. A doorknob. Yeah, yeah, he's like a door knocker. A door knocker, right. A doorknob. I literally am picturing the doorknob. Oh my gosh. Like the bulbous. Yeah. I feel like there's a cartoon, maybe in the Beauty and the Beast Oh, yeah, yeah. That there's like a, a knob that talks. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's like, honk. <laughs> Except be, I don't know, but I'm just like picturing that. Fair enough. Anyways. His name is Mort. Mort. And he is a very spicy little thing. He's got attitude. <laughs> yes, he's hilarious. Mm -hmm. And 
particular about who he converses with. Yeah, um, he never conversed with Selena when she was making all those trips down to the tomb because mm -hmm. that's where he is. He's on the door of the tomb mm -hmm. of Elena and Gavin. Yeah. But um, for some reason, he pipes up and decides to speak to Selena mm -hmm. in this story. So he is not the most helpful. He's fairly unhelpful yeah. considering what he knows. It's like he knows a lot and he wants Selena to know he knows a lot, mm -hmm. but he also wants her to know he's not going to help her. Yeah. And like, I'm assuming it's because she needs to figure it out herself. So he's not just being vindictive. Yeah. But at the same time, it comes across as a little bit like, come on, Mort. Yeah. Throw <laughs> Selena bone. Like, come. I don't know. He's, he's a funny... I'm assuming he's, like, someone spelled it or whatever. Brannon. Brannon. So Brannon spelled it. So maybe there's, like, rules in place that he can't give her yeah. information. I think there must be some sort of guidelines he has to mm -hmm. fall within. Mm -hmm. But I think he likes to play around with those guidelines <laughs> and just play around with people. Sort of taunting a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I, like, I feel like he straight up is like calling her stupid something. Like, yeah. oh, so-and-so guessed this way faster than you. Oh, yeah. He doesn't <laughs> we'll, hold back. <laughs> we'll definitely get to that a bit later, but like there are, are points in time where she's having to figure things out. And he yeah. doesn't, he shy away from telling her <laughs> yeah. how he thinks about her yeah. skills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So after Selena kind of deals with her first victim <laughs> by shipping them away but tells the king that she's um dealt with them mm -hmm. he the king slides Selena a second name so the second person he would like her to deal with and that name on the card reads archer finn yeah and this kind of piques her interest a little bit mm -hmm. and we learn that she one knows this individual mm -hmm. um as he's a courtesan yeah yep so he basically we've met other courtesans in the story as well so he's a male escort essentially mm -hmm. is kind of a term we would maybe use nowadays yeah and so she's run in the same circles i think he even trained with a robin so that he could like fend off husbands <laughs> fair um, enough so they're they're acquainted yeah um and he is apparently the head of a rebel group the rebel group who is kind of rallying against the king yes and not only do we learn that he's like a part of this rebel group but also they believe that there is a princess uh, the princess of Terrasen, who has kind of emerged everyone had thought she had died mm -hmm. uh, when her family line was wiped out mm -hmm. but now they have reason to believe that she has returned yes the princess in question is Aelin Galathinius. Yes. Yes. And this is like big, big news, big excitement. Like everyone's like, oh, there's a queen or a princess from Terrasen. They were major. Mm -hmm. And I think we learn a little bit about how powerful that line is a bit later in the story. Yeah. Um, but this is big news. It's huge. There's a reason that they wiped out that line or tried to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if we've mentioned this in previous episodes. I can't remember. But Selena loves reading mm -hmm. so much. Like, 
it's an aspect of her I really like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, the obviously the castle has a massive library. And um, she decided to go to the library to research the word marks. And um, she also heard there were rumors of a second library. Spooky. Very spooky. So, oh, that's right. Okay, so she had seen a monster. Yeah, at like the very beginning of the story. It's kind of like a fleeting thing. You don't even know how serious to take it. Or if it was some like a trick of the light or something it was creepy it was a creepy moment like if you think you see something in the dark kind of thing Mm -hmm. um yeah that was earlier it was like a few weeks prior to this yeah um anyway so she ends up finding a hidden door (laughs) her and hidden doors (laughs) yeah she's she's good at finding them (laughs) there seems to be quite a few (laughs) and it leads her down spiral staircase and um as she goes deeper she ends up finding some really cool images on the wall Mm -hmm. of dancing fae and so the thoughts i think are that oh they must not have known that this was here because if it was this would have been destroyed destroyed or yeah erased or whatever because this is our first like introduction to anything fae because it was basically wiped out. Anything yeah. Fae-related, the king had yeah. destroyed. Other than those little creatures when she was being brought back from... Yeah, the Indiana. fairies who kind of yeah. hid away. Yeah. And uh, so then at the bottom of the stairs, she finds this solid iron door. Which iron in this mm-hmm. world is the only element immune to magic. So that seems very important. Yes. And I think she mentions that, like, no other door has iron in it, mm-hmm. or is made at least entirely of iron. Maybe it has details. But this is the only door. Imagine how heavy that would be. I imagine very heavy. Yeah. She's very curious about what is under this door, mm-hmm. and she has to take a little peek. Mm-hmm. And she sees what looks to be an eye. Can't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... It startles her, as I'm sure it would anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but she reasons with herself and comes to the conclusion it must have been a rat. But in my opinion, <laughs> when I read the scene, I was like, whoa, because I don't know why, but it gave me vibes that it was like an intelligent being peering under the door. Yeah, it's, I don't remember exactly what she said, but it definitely insinuated that there was something more behind the eye. Yeah. Like, it was, like, looking at her. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, rat eyes are tiny. They're so tiny. (laughs) Quite beaty, in fact. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In addition to everything going on with Selena, we also have Dorian, who, as we said, like, Selena and Kale are kind of more together, and Mm -hmm. we see lots of scenes with them. But Dorian's sort of off doing his own thing. They're giving him space because they don't want to kind of rub in his face the relationship. And he has been kind of just more solitude. Mm -hmm. But in his solitude, he's been struggling with something. It's kind of mysterious. We're not quite sure what it is at first. There's hints. He'll walk into a room and he'll become upset. And then the description of the room talks about how chilly the room is, how Mm -hmm. there's a sudden frost. Mm-hmm. how someone will say something about like oh i like suddenly felt the need for like oh another layer or something yeah and we get these kind of throughout the first couple of chapters these 
subtle, subtle hints, but you don't know they're subtle hints because they're done so delicately. Exactly. It does seem like, you know, magic. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Which seems strange and unlikely because given the king, like, banned magic throughout mm -hmm. the kingdom. But somehow he does have magic and it doesn't seem to be any one kind of magic, though. No, there's like a scene where it kind of explodes. And this is where mm -hmm. we like fully, as a reader, we fully understand this is magic. Mm -hmm. Where he gets so upset, he like smashes his hand on a wall or something. And the wall cracks and the glass window beside it shatters. Yes. But he creates what seems like a sort of shield around his body. Because when he... Him. That protects him. Because yeah. when he stands up, there's glass and debris all around him. Mm -hmm. But in a very clear circular yes. kind of pattern where nothing has touched him. Yeah. So that is obviously terrifying for him being magical in a kingdom that does not allow magic. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, he seems to have no control over it either. Exactly. And his father's the one who's like in enforcing this lack of matter, no magic. Yeah. And he has nowhere to go to. His mm -hmm. best friend and his ex are in a relationship, so he doesn't feel like he can turn to them. Mm -hmm. His father's the one who's put in these rules that magic is banned. Mm -hmm. So it's like he's on his own. Yeah, totally. He ends up researching it though, right? He does. So he ends up researching it and we kind of learn two things in this research. The first thing we learn is how incredibly powerful the Galathinius line is. Mm -hmm. Like they were known as the type of group that you, like people feared the idea of them encroaching on their territory. Yes. And they never did. They always stayed in Terrison. They never... But they were not to be messed with. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely were like firm about their borders, but didn't cross their borders. Mm -hmm. uh, but they had the power to. They yeah. could have easily taken Conquered. over. Way beyond what they held. Yeah. Um, and that was because they, within that family line, there was fae yeah. lineage um, and magic. Very mm -hmm. strong, powerful magic. Mm -hmm. And we get the most adorable flashback of Dorian meeting this infamous princess that we heard about earlier in the story. Mm -hmm. um, and how kind of precocious she was. Yes. And you could see she was a little bit of a hellraiser. Yeah. Definitely. I think she like mentioned something about how Dorian eats like a little prince or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> she seems more like she thought him to be quite princely. Very which sort of I mean he is a prince. <laughs> he, he is a prince, but she yeah. thought him to be a bit I don't know, like maybe stuck up a little bit. Maybe maybe a little stuck up, but it seemed like she's more rough and tumble or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's always a meanwhile. There's always right. A meanwhile. There's always like three meanwhiles <laughs> going on, because you know we've got the ghost or the spirit of of Elena mm -hmm. being like, you need to do this and always giving go forth and do this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Nehemia seems to be on the same page as Elena, so they're both trying to push. Selena a way to f to find a way to defeat the king. Yeah. Selena it is said many times and many examples are given throughout this series how terrified she is of the king. Yeah. She just wants 
to complete her four-year contract. Yeah. And then she just wants to skedaddle and be a free person. She was... She only wants freedom, and that yeah. has been reiterated throughout the series as well. Like she's never been free, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, she's not trying to be anyone's hero. She's not trying to get involved in any politics. Yeah, she wants to put her head down, do her time. Yeah, but yeah. Nehemia gets very. They have a fight. They have a pretty mm -hmm. big argument. Yeah, um, at the end of it, Nehemia calls her a coward. Yeah, Nehemia is very passionate. She's like an advocate yeah. for her people. She's very passionate mm -hmm. about saving her people and giving her people a better life. Yeah, and I think this is kind of where the story really picks up pace. Because mm -hmm. you were saying it was a bit of a slow start for you. Yeah. Did you feel that this is where the story really started to take off? Yeah, when Dorian had his explosion with the magic and then mm -hmm. this started happening. Yeah. The conflict between and... Yeah, just little tidbits of things happening that weren't quite adding up where I started being like, what, like it gets your brain thinking, yeah. what does this mean? Yeah. The king, he suspects Nehemia is being part of the rebel rebel movement. Mm -hmm. um, so he wants to question her and Kale being the captain of his guard. Yeah. He uh, talks to Kale and forbids Kale from telling Nehemia that, or anyone else, that he wants to question her. Yeah. So Kale's like, okay, I won't tell anybody. <laughs> Do my duty. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of the king, one thing I found interesting, and I'm not even sure we mentioned this when we talked about the Throne of Glass novel, but in the Throne of Glass novel, there was the character Cain, we did mention. Mm -hmm. And one thing we that was noted about that character is he kept getting larger and larger and larger mm -hmm. every time people saw him. Yes. And interestingly we are seeing the same descriptions about the king. Mm -hmm. And we kind of know from Throne of Glass that Cain was involved with these demons. And that was part of the reason why he was looking so big is yeah. he was like, the demons were helping to give him energy from the other um, worlds. Yeah, and the, the people who were dying, the other competitors who were dying, they were taking their kind of power and putting it into Kane. Yeah. So he was getting their power. So he yeah. was getting stronger and bigger. Yeah. And I just thought it was super interesting how the description of the king was similar. And it just got me to thinking of something similar happening with him. Right. So I don't, I just, a slightly a side note. Yeah. While we were talking about the king, I thought I would mention it. I mean, he's super evil. Maybe there's more to it than him just simply being evil. Yeah. And we know he has one of those infamous black ranks. Exactly. So there's, there's more to him yeah. than meets the eye. Yeah, totally. So what have we got going on here? We've got a whole rebel movement happening. The king believes Selena is dispatching a bunch of people involved, or he, that he suspects are involved in this rebel movement. Yeah. After, like very shortly after, he speaks to Kale about not telling anybody about questioning Nehemi, I think the same day. Yeah. He's kidnapped by, by the rebel group. Yeah, Kale is taken. Yeah. And this is, I think, also very shortly after him and Selena have taken their relationship to the next level. Yes. So they are very much in love. In love, like infatuated, which yeah. is totally wrapped up in one another. Mm -hmm. And Selena, when she finds out she's... She goes into that sort of killing calm or whatever that she does and she she just goes in there and like yeah she dominates <laughs> like she completely destroys yeah the rebels yeah shockingly 
she finds out that Archer Finn mm-hmm. is is he almost like the leader of the rebel group or is he he plays a big part in he it. He plays a big part in it. So he's he's all part of this and she was like shocked. It turns out that she then finds out because of this this whole thing happening mm-hmm. that the king was going to interrogate Nehemia. Yeah. Yeah. So they took Kale the rebel group took Kale to prove to Selena that he was untrustworthy. Yes. And, and Kale didn't know that the king was maybe going to like murder Nehemia. Mhm. But the rebel group they knew, didn't they? Yeah, the rebel group I think are more aware of what's going on. Mhm. Kale honestly felt as though the king just wanted to have a discussion. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't come across that way to Selena because her trust is, you know, being broken. Now her best friend is in mortal yeah. peril. Selena, she is so betrayed. She feels so betrayed by this whole reveal. Yeah. Their plan works almost too well. Like, she goes from being so obsessed with him that might not be the right word but so infatuated with him so in love with him that she was willing to kill all these people who took him like just like the deepest rage that he had been taken mm-hmm. to like not trusting him in like the quickest flash yeah and it just shows how fragile their it, relationship it went was. almost like from love to hate just like that it's yeah but love like, and hate they straddle a really fine line anyway so mm-hmm. i think that kind of makes sense the passion Remain the same. It just was I mean, channels. a betrayal by someone you love is obviously mm-hmm. much worse than a betrayal by someone who you don't really, whatever. You yeah. Know, whatever. But, like, he was her person. Yeah. So and she would expect him to be on her side and tell her things even if the king said not to. Yeah. Like, I'm your person. You yeah. Should you should reveal these things don't to me. <laughs> apply to us. Apply like, to us. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So she ends up sprinting back to the castle to say hopefully save Nehemia and it was really interesting reading about this because Mm -hmm. all of a sudden she's running so fast like she's running faster than Kale can go on a horse yeah he's on a horse she is on her feet and she is keeping up with him yeah like that's not I found I I was very excited by that actually I yeah. was like, whoa, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> this means something. Yeah. <laughs> There's something to this. Yeah, so she tears into the castle up to Nehemia's room and opens the door and finds that she is too late. Very much too late, and it is an absolute bloodbath. So what, not only is it horrifying in and of itself, mm-hmm. but she's cut up like how Sam, Sam was. So... It's incredibly triggering because it's so familiar. Yes. And it can't be a coincidence. No. The way that Nehemia was executed, it's like, it was intentionally done to bring the most pain to Selena. Yeah. So between the betrayal and seeing her friend in the way, and it's very descriptive Mm -hmm. imagery that you get from reading it. Mm It was clearly done with the intention of destroying Selena. Yeah. Yeah. Disgusting, actually. It was really gross. And she just, she loses it. Mm-hmm. And in this, she she's done. She goes for the kill, and that person she's going for is Kale. Yeah. And she she's going to do it. Oh, yeah. Like, 
there's no stopping her actually it's it's gonna happen like knives out almost at his heart like a this kind of struggling situation he can feel her intention there and she's super strong Mm -hmm. but dorian bursts in yeah he ends up like with his magic Mm -hmm. (laughs) that no one knows he has nobody knows he has willing her to stop like she can't she can't she's frozen yeah so he saves kale's life Mm -hmm. she does give him a incredible scratch across his face yes so he has this very significant scratch down Mm -hmm. one side of his face yeah but he is not dead no he has been saved no and she is She's torn apart by this because not only like not only is her best friend dead, not only was she mutilated, much like Sam, mm-hmm. but their last final her final words to Selena were "You're a coward." Yeah, like it was horrible way to leave things, mm-hmm. and this really tears Selena apart. No, and she ends up being taken to the dungeons. Yeah, and um, if you remember, we had talked about Caltain in the last in the Throne of uh, Glass episodes mm-hmm. that we had done. And f- f- discovers, you know, Keltane's in the dungeon there, kind of wilting away. <laughs> yeah. Poor Keltane. I actually feel so bad for her. I feel so bad for her. And, in fact, earlier in the story, Selena goes to visit Keltane because she has some questions for her. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Keltane is being mistreated in the most horrific way possible. Men were taking advantage of her in the most brutal way. In a non-consensual way. In a non Yes. So Selena does two acts of kindness towards Keltane. She, one, gives her her cloak. And this is like the previously in the story. And two, she tells Kale about what's happening so that the guards stop that yeah. from happening. Horror. horror. Yeah. And, and Being imposed point, on her. And even Kale is absolutely horrified to hear yeah. what his guards were letting happen. Mm-hmm. She's been very kind to Keltane earlier in the story. So when she's taken down there, they're not friends by any means, but there no. is a little bit more solidarity between yeah. them. Selena is not like a friendly person, but mm-hmm. her acts sort of reveal her. Yeah, her true nature of yeah. kindness. Yeah. Keltane talks about how her headaches are worse every day. Mm-hmm. And she... A phrase we hear a lot in this book, too, is the flapping wings. Yeah. Which, it's like, what's this about? Yeah, I think Nahimi had mentioned something about flapping wings earlier as well. Yeah, meanwhile, Dorian had um, displayed his magic. And I think the only person who noticed was Selena because she physically couldn't Mm -hmm. stop herself. Mm -hmm. Or couldn't um, continue Continue. doing what she was intending to do. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, obviously Nahimi's death and everything. We explained Mm -hmm. why that was really hard for Selena. Yeah. Harder than it would be normally, I guess. <laughs> Having a friend die always sucks, but yeah. <laughs> but like there's like layers to this. Yeah, she really sinks into a deep depression and grief. Yeah, and I actually really like that Sarah took her time, kind of on. I felt like her, she took her time because I find in um, a lot of stories that you know somebody dies and then they just they kind of just keep the plot moving forward without mm-hmm. that. Like, you know that person died and maybe it affects the plot in some way. But it seems like the characters just kind of brush it off. And she does not do that with her characters. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, you feel and see the grieving for long into the story. Yeah. And I I really enjoy that because that is a way more realistic portrayal of grief. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyways, after a few days of this, 
agony essentially that she's going through yeah. she decides to hunt down Nehemia's killer who she knew was grave because yeah. of the way that he mutilated the body and displayed the body after the fact yeah because they let her out of the dungeons after like a couple days or a couple weeks or whatever because mm -hmm. they saw that like she was so depressed they're like she doesn't need to need be, to be contained yeah. yeah so she finds she goes and she finds grave and it's nice to see her with some spark back in her. Yeah. And it's like um, the old assassin. Yeah, exactly. She goes and she kills him. Mm -hmm. She dispatches him. Now he he needed to go anyways. Yeah. Terrible. And she does it in a very, very gruesome way. I believe they like are quite graphic about this yeah. as well. This is another For revenge. That... Yeah. Then she takes it upon herself to go to Nehemia's rooms and pack up her belongings, mm -hmm. which oh, I just feel so bad for her. <laughs> like but she ends up finding a riddle about the word keys. She does. Because Nehemia has been kind of training her. I don't know if we said this at any point, but Nehemia had been like teaching her about word. The, the, the word. The, the word. <laughs> the way of the word. The way of the word. <laughs> <laughs> about like word marks and word, and word magic. Yeah. And yeah. I think specifically how to read word mark. As she's cleaning up Nehemia's belongings, um, I think she's like taking it one to give back to Nehemiah's family, but also in case there's anything she needs from the the stash of things. Yep. Uh, she comes across a riddle. I can't remember the exact wording of the riddle, but I think it had something to do with like only the eye can see or the, the eye will help you see something yeah. like that. And she had seen this riddle before and she kind of brushed it off. She found it first in the house of a rebel that she was kind of looking into mm -hmm. and at some point she does figure out what this riddle means and by using the eye of elena or elena she can take it to the tomb and see something that was a message that needed to be seen or see something so she goes down she takes it down she figures out exactly where she needs to place the eye mm -hmm. in order to see what needs to be seen mm -hmm. and the thing she sees is a poem. Yes. <laughs> so she goes from having a riddle Dabbing to basically a, another riddle. <laughs> another another riddle in poem form. Yeah, another riddle in poem form. Yeah. So a massive riddle. Yeah. By the Valg, three were made of the gate stone of the word. Obsidian the gods forbade and the stone they greatly feared. In grief he hid one in the crown of her he loved so well to keep with her where she lie down inside the starry cell. The second one was hidden in a mountain made of fire where all men were forbidden despite their great desires. Where the third lies will never be told by voice or tongue or sum of gold. Meanwhile, she heard that there was like a traveling carnival that had come into town. Mm -hmm. And with that traveling carnival was a yellow legs witch. So um, this witch there is Baba Yellowlegs. Mm -hmm. A so, very powerful yeah. elder witch. Yeah. She decides to go visit this witch to see mm -hmm. if she can learn any information from her mm -hmm. about the word keys. Yellowlegs is not a friendly witch. No, <laughs> she's one of the iron teeth witches. So we do learn some information from Baba Yellowlegs, but mm -hmm. she's like... She's not willingly giving it. No, she's, she's not. She's asking for some coin. 
Mm-hmm. But we get some. We, well, one, we know Dorian had visited her earlier because mm-hmm. he is struggling with his magic. He had no one to turn to, so he decided to go see her. Mm-hmm. And she reveals to Selena that she has a secret of the yeah. kings. And Dorian thought he was like, or sorry, not the king, the prince. The prince. And Dorian had thought he was being sneaky. <laughs> And she knew he thought he was being sneaky, but she's like, I could smell he was the prince. Like, yeah. I knew exactly who he was, and now I have the secret. And mm-hmm. Selena knows she's going to sell the secret. Yeah. So she's like, okay, I will buy his secret and my own information. Mm-hmm. Yellow Legs takes her into her little caravan mm-hmm. filled with mirrors. Isn't yeah. it magically, like, larger inside? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that was only because of the mirrors or if the caravan itself was also magical. I was under the impression it was like magically physically larger Fit- inside. Oh, like a Harry Potter uh, I think it would have to be considering what happened. Yes. It seems like a lot went on in that trailer. Yes. So, or caravan. So <laughs> yeah. it must have been fairly spacious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we learned that the word keys were created by the three Valg kings mm-hmm. to bring an army to Aurelia through the word gate from which they were created. <laughs> so what? the keys are created from the gates. Yeah. They were made by the kings. Yep. And they cannot valid. be destroyed. And and they cannot be destroyed. And they cannot be destroyed. So that's great. And the riddle is a map to where the keys are hiding, which I think that was sort of obvious. Yeah. Oh, and also that the word keys themselves mm-hmm. are pure power. Pure power. Yeah. And stronger together. So the more you have, the more powerful. It's like the... Uh, gauntlet yeah infinity gauntlet that thank all you sorts for knowing. of like references coming in here <laughs> thank you for knowing what i was talking about <laughs> yeah. when i pointed at my hand like the thing you know the thing <laughs> right <Yeah>. that, that <laughs> thing <laughs> the avengers thing yeah <laughs> oh and and <laughs> okay and a lot about the history of aurelia yes so <laughs> then um baba yellow legs is like you can kind of feel it coming it's like when selena steps into the caravan it's like mm-hmm suspicious it's like this isn't a safe place to be i feel like i'm trapped right Mm -hmm. and she was like bringing her like deep into the caravan it's not like they just like hung out by the door yeah it's like come to my sitting area yeah it's way back here (laughs) the door shut now (laughs) (laughs) it was creepy Mm -hmm. so they end up having this huge fight yes and quite um, an entertaining fight it was an entertaining fight and i was actually like surprised at how strong the witch was yeah, witches, they're crazy. They they're are. absolutely a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Don't know. I was alarmed a little bit. A little alarmed, a little concerned about if, if they get numbers, what could happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So after a scuffle, if you want to call it something as minor as a scuffle, <laughs> um, Selena kills the yellow legs witch. Mm-hmm. I want to. Leaves like a bunch of marks or something from her, her iron yeah. nails on her. That shows she's like a witch killer, which is like a thing. I, yeah, I guess it's a thing. Now we know it's a thing. Yeah. Which is not good for Selena. No. Because I guess we are kind of, well, because we haven't run into witches, we've heard about them. Mm-hmm. We've not run into them. It's sort of like, how many are there left? Yeah. The witches are still a mystery at this point yeah. in the series. But I think it's leading up to something. Mm-hmm. In the poem, I think the first one's quite obvious of where it is yeah yeah and even selena figures out the first one is obviously in the crown on the elena's tomb yeah so she looks to see 
but unfortunately the word key is gone yeah so the word key is no longer oh, and mort helpfully reveals that because he's just such a helpful door knocker so helpful mort. <laughs> no one even knocks on that door <laughs> <laughs> why does it even need a knock <laughs> <laughs> They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to answer? <laughs> he helpfully says, like, oh yeah, the king found that like a real long time ago when yeah. he was a teenager. Like <laughs> Yeah, when he was like, yeah, before he was even in his twenties or in his early twenties, the king found the first ward key. Yeah. So we now know the king has at least one word key. Mm-hmm. And Selena has zero. Yeah. So that's not good. Thanks, Mort. Thanks, Mort. Could have saved us a lot of time. Yep. Probably was... also knew how to read that riddle. Probably did. <laughs> oh, Mort. Jeez. Gotta love him. Switching gears a little bit. One thing after Selena has packed up Nehemia's things, she wanted to kind of honor Nehemia in another way other than just sending her stuff back to her family. And once she kind of got up the courage and was able to face what she had to do, she went to Nehemia's grave and she sung this song and kale kind of still not quite sure where she's at with her mental health and everything mm -hmm. he was keeping a bit of a close eye on her and he noticed her singing this beautiful song to nehemia's grave he was really curious about it because he she was singing in a language he didn't understand mm -hmm. he does end up looking into it and realizes that the song she's singing is in high faith mm -hmm. which is really interesting because high faith songs are typically not to be sung by anyone who's not high fae. Yes. So I'm still not quite sure what high fae means, but it obviously is important because they made a very distinct, they made a distinction that it was high fae and not just fae. Yeah. So what are, do you know anything about high versus low fae? I'm not sure about this universe, but in, um, her other universe, the Court of Thorns and Roses, the High Fae, they are the more sort of elf-like, beautiful ones. Mm -hmm. And the Lesser Fae are more, maybe have more animalistic traits or um, could be like some kind of a, like a water wraith or like a um, uh, Illyrian with wings. Mm -hmm. And the High Fae are not necessarily more powerful than Lesser Fae. But I guess they're more humanoid. Oh. Yeah, they're more, they're very, very powerful. Like they have like super strength, right? Mm -hmm. Compared to a human. From what I understand, they're more beautiful. They are somewhat immortal, I guess, or mm -hmm. they age very, very, very slowly. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's the same in this universe necessarily. Yeah. That's my experience. But it is a, a universe that Sarah has created. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Are they more likely to be like royalty? If they're high fae, or does that, does their like bloodline have, or like status have less to do with it and more like their physical features? So in, in her other universe, mm -hmm. they typically, there is some friction between high fae and lesser fae over the names because it does indicate like better and lower. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't be like a lord. Oh, okay. So in other universe, there's high lords and they are the the kings kind of of their territory mm -hmm. that's what their name they were referred to as high lords and they're the mm -hmm. most powerful oh okay. and they're kind of like a bloodline thing mm -hmm. but the one high lord is a hybrid okay he when i say hybrid i mean like hybrid between 
I don't want to reveal too much to you because you're going to yeah. read the series, but mm-hmm. he's a hybrid between like a type of lesser fae and a high fae. Okay. But he's still high lord. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if how much of that will play into this, if at all. Yeah. So Selena, of course, decides she needs to investigate what is behind the iron door. Yeah. So she goes back to the library, goes back down the spiral staircase, and she discovers she is able to open the iron door using word marks. Mm-hmm. So all those books from Nehemia's room come in clutch, and she can open. I think there's a very specific book that she refers to, like the Book of the Dead, or I don't know what it's called, but something creepy sounding, I think. I feel like that's right. Okay. Something like that. Something like that. And so she goes in and it kind of, it's like a dungeon-y situation where it's like a hallway with a bunch of dungeons or cells. And then Mm -hmm. you go down another hallway and then another hallway. And then like every time you go down a hallway, there's cells on both sides, but there's less, fewer and fewer cells. Mm -hmm. And they're spiraling in like Mm -hmm. a labyrinth. Mm Mm-hmm. So she's getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in. And I think for each time she kind of turns into the spiral, she has to open another door. And like all these doors are kind of locked. Yeah. And so she's opening all these doors, going deeper and deeper in. And she gets to the center and she starts to get a headache. Mm-hmm. And she starts to notice the walls are black. Mm-hmm. Black stone. Yes, obsidian. Obsidian. The center of this labyrinth is... The clock tower. Yes. Which we have kind of mentioned was interesting because it was surrounded by word marks. Yeah. Those were some of the first word marks we'd seen in Throne of Glass. Mm-hmm. So there's something fishy going on with this clock tower. It's made, the inside's made of a obsidian, which we know is what the word keys and the rings are made out of. Yeah. The key that, you know, she noticed Duke Parrington, Kane, the king. Or not key, I'm sorry. The rings that they were all wearing were that obsidian stone or whatever. And the riddle tells us, or the poem tells us, that's what the keys are made out of. Yes. So there's something to do with the stone. It seems to give people headaches when they go Mm -hmm. near it. But while she's down there, she's getting headaches. So she's starting to leave. And she gets attacked by this creature. It starts getting chased. She gets this feeling she's being stalked or chased. (laughs) And so she's like booking it out. But of course... Dorian has been sneaking, sneaking. He noticed her go into the second secret library and mm-hmm. he was trying to give her space, but like noticed she was taking quite a long time. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> and so he is going down because he's like, this. she's been down there too long. I need to, I, I just want to make sure she's okay. Mm-hmm. So he's running in, she's running out, and then there's this creature. Yes. That's chasing after her. The mysterious eye. The mysterious eye turns out to be some sort of very mysterious creature. That seems kind of aggressive. (laughs) Yeah, very aggressive. And very strong. Yeah. Yeah, they end up having to fight this creature. This is when Selena finds out Dorian has magic because they are using like every everything they can to fend this creature off. I think she was suspicious before because she felt the force of it. But this was like revealed. Yeah. And it's pretty tense because mm-hmm. they have to like race back up to the library and then yeah. they're like shutting this iron door and it's not going to keep the creature out. Yeah, because it's now open. Yeah. So she is holding the door shut and then he has to run and find the special book yeah. full of like the words 
magic spells yeah. or whatever. And As then, the creature's like clawing yeah. her and ripping her apart through the through bars the, of the door or whatever was part of the door. The door. So anyway, and then he, when he comes back, don't they say that she has to like open, they have to yeah. open the door or something? She has to open the door, do a binding spell so it freezes. Yeah. And then, and then Dorian sh shuts the door. Or like, and then one of them kills it. Yeah. But they said, it's sad because you're like, oh, this poor creature. Clearly, like, throughout mm. this sort of scene, we're getting the understanding that this creature has clearly been tortured. Mm -hmm. We actually hear his, pers the creature's, I don't know if it's a him, the creature's perspective a couple of times throughout mm -hmm. this kind of chase mm -hmm. fight scene. And it was clearly tortured. Mm -hmm. before and was not this creep they didn't wasn't born this creature it was created yeah when it is finally eliminated it's like there was like relief in its eyes yeah which is like so heartbreaking yeah so it was clearly like it was at some point an intelligent being i feel yeah and selena notices that as well Mm -hmm. It was a good thing they were able to defeat it. Yes. Um, but it was a very sad moment and a very interesting moment of what was this creature before and who did this to it. Yes. So after that, Selena returns to Elena's tomb, discovers the hiding place of the first key, which I guess we spoke about earlier because yeah. of Mort. That, that's just the timeline of things. Mm -hmm. Selena has wanted to see Nehemia Again, she has this book that allows her to do this magic, and she's she's really not holding back with it. Mm -hmm. So she decides she's going to try to open a portal to another realm, the realm in which you can speak to people who have passed. Yeah. So she does this successfully, and she does see Nehemia, who is not happy to see her, mm -hmm. because you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Um, and Nehemia does berate her for that. She ends up finding out that Nehemia orchestrated her own death because the purpose was to, it was like a call to action to Selena. Mm -hmm. Nehemia does say goodbye to Fleetfoot and it's yeah. very sad. It's very sweet, but very sad. Yeah. She's very hard towards Selena, which I found very sad. Yeah. Selena is so, so broken inside. And it was just eating her alive that their last words to each other were so angry. It was a really good scene, but it was a hard scene as well. Mm -hmm. uh, from like a friendship point of view, mm -hmm. it was tough to read. Because all she wanted was to see her friend. Yeah. And her friend was like, this, no, this was not right. Yeah. Don't do this. Don't do this again. Exactly. But as Nehemia, I believe, leaves, but the portal is still open. Mm -hmm. Selene is still in the tomb room. Archer Finn walks in. Mm -hmm. Selene is starting to put some pieces together and realizing he can't be trusted. So the whole story, he's kind of pretended he knows way less than he does. Mm -hmm. So like first pretended not to be a part of the rebel group, but he was. Not only was he a part of the rebel group, He's actually the one who's orchestrating it all. Yeah. So she's like getting all these realizations. Here he confronts her. He knows about the word keys because Nehemia was working with him. Yes. But Nehemia discovered he couldn't be trusted. And I think she even leaves a little clue saying like, oh, don't trust him in, you know, a clue sort of way. <laughs> it's not super obvious. <laughs> yeah. So Slane's putting all this together and he's like, oh, we can rule. Like we need to find these word keys not to put them you know, back where they belong, but so we can use them yes. to kind of uh, against the evil now and like we can become 
the top dogs. He had said this to Nehemia and she was like, she kind of exited herself from the rebel group. She's like, that's not what I'm about. So she actually, before uh, exacting her plan, she had left the rebel group and Archer's now trying to convince Selena. Mm-hmm. And she knows what's going on, so she plays along mm-hmm. and gets as much information out of him as possible. Yes. And then they end up having a, a tussle. Yes. An argument. And <laughs> in the process of this, she ends up smearing one of the word marks. Yes. Which in word world <laughs> ends up kind of altering the dimension in which is being portrayed. Well, yeah, like change the spell or whatever yeah. you want to call it. And mm-hmm. it, uh, it it opened a portal to a different realm. Yeah. Like a hell realm. <laughs> Essentially, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. Out of this hellish realm mm-hmm. uh, popped some sort of creature or demon. Yeah. So now she's like fighting Archer and then this demon comes out. And so Archer grabs the book and he books it with the book yeah <laughs> yeah i was like i'll oh, think of another word he, he, runs, he runs away with the book yeah so she can't chase after him to get this book the important word key book or word book because she has this demon she has to fight now yeah of course another demon of course and then meanwhile, <laughs> yeah, meanwhile. <laughs> dorian was have he had a dream telling him to go to selena's room so he was like oh i'll go to her rooms and then he he got kale because he had a bad yeah. feeling and so they go in together and so they go ahead and they join it into this fight yeah so l- luckily <laughs> selena and fleetfoot who's also down there yes yeah, um, i was worried about fleetfoot i was so worried about fleetfoot and for good reason because as they're fighting like Selena's like not doing so great. Like she's a very powerful fighter, but mm-hmm. this demon is very strong and she's quite injured. The boys aren't helping too much. They're doing the best they can, but like it's a massive, very strong demon. Yeah. And I think at one point, like Selena's injured. So Dorian's trying to like haul her back up to the bedroom to get her like help away. From, away. Yeah. And Kale's all like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take it on. And then this creature grabs Fleetfoot mm-hmm. and flees into the other dimension. What does it want with Fleetfoot? <laughs> like, leaves Fleetfoot alone. Oh my gosh. Yes. <sighs> so Kale just jumps in to the portal after the creature. He's he like, not Fleetfoot. And Selena steps into the portal too. And this mm-hmm. is huge because all of a sudden, well, she pushes Dorian. Yeah. <laughs> I must get to them. Yes, yes. <laughs> but suddenly, she turns into a high fae when she steps into this world. Like yeah. she turns into another creature. She's high fae. She's high fae. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, like what? What? I just got goosebumps just like remembering that moment. That moment was so well done and and yeah. it's and she did it on purpose. She it says she un she didn't think twice before she unleashed the monster inside herself. Mm-hmm. Boom. Out comes the high fae. So, we find out that she's high fae. And also that she is, there's some, something behind her being Faye that she doesn't like. Yes. Because she considers herself a, a monster. monster. Yeah. So it's But like that explains loaded. like her superhuman speed when she was running to the castle mm-hmm. and a few other little tidbits that were left for us. Like yeah. maybe like the, even those little fairies when she was coming from Indovir kind of yeah. favoring her and stuff. Oh my gosh. And it, didn't we read a quote from the first book where it said like she... Oh, that was about magic. Mm-hmm. And we get yes, another that's hint. Right. Yeah. We get another hint of her magic. That was here. in, I think, Assassin's Blade, wasn't oh, it? Oh, was it maybe? Was it? 
I'm not quite sure, but we, in one of the previous episodes, we talked about a quote where it implied that she might have magic. Mm -hmm. And so she's Faye. Faye yeah. often have magic is they, my understanding. Yeah. They, yes, they can for sure. From what I understand, she has a blade in this other realm. And mm -hmm. the quote is it's blade glowed red hot its edges crackling with lightning and where her magic was snuffed out like a candle very interesting so we don't we know she we, has magic we, but we don't really magic. know exactly what it is yeah it's not fully revealed yeah but there's hints so all of this happens and they manage to get out of there and close the portal mm -hmm. with fleetfoot fleetfoot is fine by the way is fine. just a little shook up. fine she's shaken one thing though to mention mm -hmm. is like Selena and Kale's relationship, it's been on a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. There are some serious trust issues going on here. Yes. And to add to that, when he sees her <laughs> in Faye form, yes. the look on his face is disgust. Yeah. I believe is like Well, he's like racist towards Faye. Yeah. So like I think he feels the way maybe a lot of people feel in the kingdom towards Faye. I, I'm getting like racist vibes. Regardless of that, I think he still kind of like, he still loves her and stuff. So yeah. he, he wants to keep her safe. And in light of everything that's happened and the king and his evilness and all this different stuff, he kind of wants to keep Selena away from him. So he comes yeah. up with this like really good excuse to send her to Wendelin. She doesn't want to go and stuff, but she talks to Elena's ghost about it. And Elena advises, her to go to Wendelin. Mm -hmm. She also says, like, you need to stop running from your past. And we're like, what past? What past? What's this past what? you speak up? We want to know. What past? So, I, you know, in my mind, I was thinking of how she was, like, found by Aerobin and mm -hmm. taken in. So, okay, so what's her past before him? Because we don't know anything about her before no. she became an assassin. I think all we know is that her parents died in a brutal way that the anniversary of their death is a very hard, sad day yeah. hard day for her yeah which obviously but yeah yeah it's very significant mm -hmm. selena gives kale the eye of elena to protect him it shows mm -hmm. that despite the fracture in the relationship they still both care deeply about each other mm -hmm. they just don't trust each other yeah it's that's i don't know if you can come back from that no <laughs> <laughs> Just before she gets on the, the ship, she whispers a date in yes. his ear. Yes. She wants him yes. to know a date. Mm -hmm. And that's all she important. says. Yeah. It's just a date. And it just so happens to be the date of her parents' death. Mm -hmm. He ends up connecting these dots. Mm -hmm. Goes back and does a bunch of research. He realizes Selena Sardothian is actually Aelin Ash River. Galathinius. This is like, oh my god! And actually, kind of suspected this because I saw some spoilers. -ish. Yeah, I, I hundred percent knew this was coming, but, but it was still the so... reveal was awesome. Yeah. I still enjoyed it. It was funny because when it was like, Alan Galathinius is back. I was like, but isn't Selena Alan? And she even was like, when she as Selena's told this she's like that's impossible like you know it's like she knows that's impossible yeah she knows they have absolutely yeah. no, like reason to think this yeah but she can't say anything no oh my gosh I just that was such a cool reveal I love the way she did that yeah. and there's nothing he can do about it now because she's yeah. gone to Wendland he I just like, knows it now <laughs> he just knows it he, he, he knows? sent Aelin 
mm-hmm. Galathinius. The absolute, like, the one kind of person who can potentially rally against his king. Yes. To the one place where she can create a new army. Yeah. Because this is where her family is This from. is where her family is, and they're a fae over there. <laughs> yeah, they're a fae over there, and her mom's whole bloodline is yes. over there. Because her mom is an Ash River. Yes. Thing. So it's like, you've just sent her to her Into people. the arms of her family. And she knows who she is. Mm-hmm. Now you know who she is. But I'm, I'm still like, is he mad because he sent his enemy into the arms of her people? Or is he just like, ta- like, I don't know what he's feeling in this moment. I mean, that would be so shocking. Mm-hmm. Right? Because she made quite a name for herself as Selena Sardothian. So yeah. it's like, that's her identity. But actually, she's Aelin Galathinius. Yeah. And speaking of enemy, one thing that Selena shouts at Kale when she's in this, like, that rage with him, when she's, like, about to kill him. I'm not sure if it's that exact moment. But around that time in the story, she shouts to him, you are my enemy. You will always be my enemy. Yes. And he doesn't get what that means. But in that moment, when he realizes who she really is, mm-hmm. it he, he's clicks. like, you are my enemy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what she meant. Yeah. It's mm. like the double life that that woman has led. Oh, my gosh. And I yeah, mean, she's she, hardly a her woman. control slept. Uh, slept. <laughs> <laughs> it slipped for that split second in yeah. her high emotion there. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Such an amazing. Like. I feel like clapping. Almost every single book of her, she ends. Like, there's a couple where I've been like, oh, yeah, it's a good ending. But, like, sometimes she just oh, hits that landing so hard. I know. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely fantastic. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. Oh, oh my God. i got to read the next book. Yeah. yeah. This book, it builds. It's super foundational. You learn so much information about the world, about different aspects of, like, different creatures within the world. And by by the end, though, you are just, like, itching to read the next one. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, a complete and utter build oh, to yeah. the climax yeah. of it. And then you just want to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. If you are reading this or thinking about reading this and you're finding hard to get into it, just read a couple more chapters. Yeah, absolutely. You are going to get into it. It really picks up. Yeah. 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 I mean, as you clearly have just heard. Yeah. But there's so many <laughs> elements. There are so many elements we didn't have time to discuss. Yes. So even if you've listened to this and know, like, the big reveals, there's so many little details and little reveals mm-hmm. that it's still worth reading it if you haven't mm-hmm. or if you haven't for a while. Yeah. Pick it back up again. Yeah. And and they're going to be intrinsic to the story, too. Yeah. And, yeah, we just don't have enough time to talk about it here. Mm-hmm. Every single piece. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think that is it for this episode. Thanks for joining us today. On our next episode, we are going to be diving into the Air of Fire novel, which is the third third mm-hmm. book of the series. I hope you join us for that. Yeah, hope to see you there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.